Okay, one more just a little check from everybody. Check, check, check. Hello. Check. Hello, Brian. Check, check. Everything seems to be working. This is pretty <laughs> exciting, huh? Yeah. Technology. Let's do it, motherfuckers. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, Cheers, my friends. Cheers. 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 There's so many boys around me today. This is exciting. It's exciting, right? I didn't even take a sip. There's a bunch of sips sitting around me. Get it. Sip it up. Get that sip. I've heard a I'm bunch sitting, of sips. I'm sitting here today with three-fifths of the band Northern Gold. Make some noise for the internet, my friends. Hello. Hi, Hi internet. Thanks for having us. Everybody's really happy that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. This is kind of long overdue to some extent. Uh, Me, Justin has been on the show before uh, making fun of Billboard Mm, Top 40 music. We did a a series of those. That was a good time. Jake has never been on the show. No, I have not. And I've known you longer than anybody else in this room, which is (laughs) funny. And you obviously have also not ever been on the show. So starting with you and moving this way, let's introduce ourselves and let's talk about the band. We're starting with me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. Uh, I'm Monty George II. (laughs) I uh, play uh, keys and uh, pedal steel for Northern Gold. And I'm like the texture guy. And uh, I'm here because I saw these guys years ago. Was doing some uh, filling work on drums, and then we became brothers, and well, the rest is history. And so, so here I am, and that's uh, that's my story. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. Uh, I'm Jake. I play guitar and sing in Northern Gold. That I kind of started, I guess. Yeah, this is like your little baby, isn't it? It is. Uh, you know, I've been playing music for a while, and you know, I've done a little bit of everything. And this is the first time that I've done like a band. Like this, uh, more acoustic ex, singer-songwriter. Ex-emo boy finds a way yeah. to still write sad songs, but be mature. Yeah, I can be an adult. You have yeah. to be, you have to have your outlets. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically like, that should be on the sticker for your fucking oh album. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's fun to be a sad emo guy. And it's, you know, there's always something to write about going through life. So this is a good outlet for me. And. I'll I'll never stop playing music. Hell so. yeah, yeah, same. But yeah, Justin, what's me. your story, man? <laughs> My name's Justin Campbell, um, and uh, what was it, about three years ago? I was living with Nate, our drummer, and uh, he asked if I would I would fill in for a radio show that Northern Gold was doing, and I was like, yeah, sure, absolutely, man. Because I mean, I love playing bass, I love playing music, and uh, did the radio show. I did a. a I'd give myself a grade of like a 60% on that because I knew most of the songs, but I definitely had some flubs in there. Uh, and I think shortly after that, like Jake and the guys were like, hey, do you just, just want to like join, be part of the band? I was like, yeah, dude, love the music. And, you know, here we are three years later, put out a new album this year, this May. Um, I don't know. These guys are my brothers now. I love all of them. It's Same. It's it's kind of like one of those rarities. I played on like a bunch of bands, and you always like the people you play with. But uh, luckily, with Northern Gold, I love everybody in the band, and you know, same goes with us because we play you know Sykes together too. But we've been playing that for 
2012. Long enough. Long enough. Yeah. Long enough. But um, you know, that's who I am. I, oh, I play bass. If anybody doesn't know that. Me and Justin have uh, gone a little bit more gray together. <laughs> at this I, point. I, I definitely have. He's still got a little bit of red left. Right here in the mustache. And it, every time I look in the mirror and I see a few more white hairs, I'm just like, coming. I'm going to look like Santa Claus soon. It's coming. <laughs> but hey, I can get a gig. So yeah. every, every winter I can get a gig. Silver Fox, though. You know, Silver Fox. I've, I've, I've heard that a few times. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't think so, but that's, you know. So the new album is called Searching, mm-hmm. correct? Correct. And let's dig in a little bit into this record because this is the first like full length Northern Gold album, right? Or did you release another I, full length? I know you had like an EP or something. I can't remember. I still, I still kind of call them both EPs because they're okay. like around seven songs each. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I would say they're both EPs. Just, you know, a little bumped up, a little extra in there. Yeah. But if you put them together, then it's just one big album. Yeah, there you go. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, it was. It took a while to uh, kind of get this record out for multiple reasons. Uh, the first being member changes. Um, <clears throat> after the first record, we kind of went through some lineup changes and people exiting and entering and then exiting again and whatnot. And it took a while to uh, solidify that lineup. So once we got that going, uh, then the music just kind of started flowing and uh, I think having the, the newer members and when I say newer members, I mean like Justin and Monty and, and Nate, um, it really helped with the writing because the, the first record was uh, solely kind of written by me and recorded by me. Uh, I mean, Des was there, the other guitar player and he helped with um, a lot of that, but it was, he was so new to the band that it didn't really, uh, there wasn't enough time to to get everything together. Sure, it takes a lot of time, an unfortunate <clears throat> amount of time to get songs together, to even get an album together when you're independent mm-hmm. by meaning, oh, I also work like 65 fucking hours a week <laughs> right, doing something right. else and yeah. I have like a significant other or some people have kids, some people are in school, some people have all of those things because they're yeah. maniacs and they're still trying to play in bands. So it takes like three, four years to put together an album, mm-hmm. even though maybe collectively you worked on it for like two weeks. Right. right. <laughs> it's just like Very true. That's <laughs> such a limited amount of time. That's why I always have uh, so much respect for bands that can actually get enough shit together to get an album out, even if I don't like the music. Right. Even if I don't like the people. I'm like, well, <laughs> you still managed to somehow get this to fucking happen. It's a lot of work. It's a ton of work. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, when we got the new members into the band, finally, we all just really clicked Like when it came to writing. I think everyone kind of aligned with the vision that I was going for. and What is that vision? I don't even know. I mean, I just, I like... When it comes to music, I like pretty much everything. I really do. There's nothing that, there's not a specific genre where I'm like, I won't listen. To, well, you know what? I take that back. I, I don't know if I can do techno. Okay. <laughs> um, no offense to anyone who listens just, to techno. I just, I just love uh, the, the, the meme of some, some bearded boy with a nice hat on in a flannel, just like, I don't think I could do techno. <laughs> um, yeah, no. I We're going to change that. <laughs> Um, throw some electronic stuff in there. But yeah, yeah like... Strictly techno. I like... I would say my element that I bring to the music would be like the country-ish vibe that we somehow have. 
I like a lot of old country. So um, I dig that. I like blues. I like, like I said, I like a lot of stuff. So meshing that together was kind of the idea. And I think everyone took that and understood it and even went outside of where I would have thought to go. And, and that's what makes the new record so cool. So I mentioned it earlier, obviously, ex-emo boy. I mean, yeah. I guess once, once an emo, always an emo. That's true. But to go into that a little bit more, you came from a background playing in like, you know, post-hardcore, metalcore sort of bands mm -hmm. doing that thing. And I remember whenever you first started doing Northern Gold, I had a conversation with you about the dynamic shift of what people at shows were like. Because I know that like you had talked about like playing like open mics and stuff and how it was a lot more like gratifying and people were actually there to see the music and be a part of the thing. Whereas like back in the day playing shows with like the scene kids and all that stuff, it felt like a lot of people were just there mm -hmm. to be a part of the thing, but the music was more just like wallpaper. It wasn't the main event. Yeah, it's never a good feeling when you are on stage and then you finish a song and you have, you know, 16-year-old emo kids, whatever you want, hardcore kids going, where's the breakdown? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I mean, when, when doing the open mics and stuff, it's a great way to try out new material, which is why I like, and, and meet people. That's why I like did it for a while. I, I remember, uh, like one week I just tried to find every open mic in the city that I could go to. And I did that. And I met a lot of people doing that and it helped, uh, get Northern gold more into whatever scene we fall into now. I'm not really sure <laughs> um, what that you would call that. But um. when you're playing around Pittsburgh specifically, do you find yourselves playing with like any certain bands like a lot or is it always kind of like a weird hodgepodge lineup? Do you always feel like you're the odd ones out in a way? Sometimes, yeah. I would say more often than not, we're the, we're the odd ones out. I mean, there's a lot of pop punk bands that we get booked with and um so like you're still kind of in there's still like part of that scene that's still it's too, holding on to you yeah there's two <laughs> extremes there's like the pop punk and then there's like the ultra like bulky so like earthy bands so either like you're too folky for one show and then the other one you're like a little bit too we're too too uh <laughs> like too heavy yeah, in some yeah, way yeah, or yeah, another. yeah exactly. too much yeah too much rock and roll i guess i don't know yeah it's it's a weird thing we don't really I don't know. We're, I'm we're sure like, there's uh, bands out there that I would love to play with. So if your <laughs> band is aligned with something that we're doing, please let us know so yeah, we can play. Up. <laughs> what you, I was going to say, it's it's like we're like emo for the hardcore kids, but hardcore for the emo kids in a sense. Yeah. Uh, not that we're hardcore at all, but yeah, it's kind of hard to fit into a uh, uh, a place or a genre. I, don't, I really don't know where I we fit. I tend to find that that Very is... Exploratory right now. I tend to find that that's a downfall when you do what you just want to do. Everybody yes. I know that does music or even any kind of art, even if it's like a visual art, if it doesn't, if it's like, oh, I'm just following my passion. It's like, okay, well, you're a fucking weirdo and <laughs> you don't fit in anywhere probably. And it, 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 a lot of times I know people that are in bands are just like, well, I want to do a hardcore band. And it's very just by the books, hardcore. And like they're, it just seems like they have a, there's a lot more of a home for them. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I, it's 
doesn't feel I don't I don't like that idea of like oh like I'm gonna play one certain style of music so I can play on shows with bands that sound exactly like me and then it's like this like a uh, yeah you run into the right. cookie cutter thing yeah where every band sounds the same on every show that you're playing which um we we played in Ohio a couple years ago and it was a really I love the way that the show was set up it started off with like a like a hardcore band they opened the night and then the the band in between was like um kind of emo i would like compare them to like circus survive and then we closed the show out and it was like no one left no one's ears got tired that night everyone stuck around and like really enjoyed it so because you're because you're not hearing the same thing right over and over again yeah Yeah. and i i really love when that uh when you get on a show that's like that it really kind of sets you up for your vibe too because i I mean we definitely have like a, a a vibe that we want everyone to feel while we're playing and um you know, if we, if everyone that night sounds like pop punk and then there's us, they're going to be like, what? I was trying it's, to party. It's, it's a, <laughs> yeah, well, and, and in that respect, it's, it's, I, I like the fact that we don't kind of fit into one specific genre and two reasons for that, because like you just said, we kind of, in a way are like the, 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 the odd band out, but we're going to gain some fans doing that. But I also like the fact that, like, from a writing process, it's like, well, everything's an open book. Yeah, that's you know? true. And and we don't have to sit and go, well, we have to we have to write, you know, a country record. That's what we have to do because we're a country band or we're a rock band, so we have to write a rock record. It's like, no, we can do whatever we want, and and it's going to turn out great. I feel like I can still say this as an outsider since I'm the newest You're, member. You are of the not band. an outsider. Well, I'm just saying, like, coming <laughs> into the band and. And uh, seeing things from a uh, more like objective uh, perspective is this group and all the bands I've been with over the years, like this group, it's so original and it's, I feel something when I play it and there's so much like realness and rawness to it. And it's so like exploratory. We're kind of in this dimension now where, you know, the, the old, the previous album searching and, you know, now we're writing some new things. Like there's just, there's a maturity uh, that's blossoming and uh, I'm just, I'm bonding with these guys and I'm getting to like unleash my own heart and soul into it. And I'm just so grateful for that. I just want to say, I love you guys. <laughs> you're you're going to make me cry, man. Yeah. You're going to make me cry. But uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just appreciate yeah. the opportunity. I really do. You but, guys are calling me the emo one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I will say like, I mean, I said it before earlier, but like, I love all these guys and, and I'm blessed, super, super blessed to be playing with awesome musicians, um, to be playing and writing the songs that we're writing. And like Monty just said, like we last practice, we worked on a, a new song already that Jake had written like a pretty much a core of it. Um, but by the time we're done to that song, it probably won't sound exactly like what he had yeah. done demos of. And that's something I love. It's like, and it's like I said to Nate via like uh, via like our, our Slack chat about everything. I was like, "Hey, I love how this is. Let's fuck with it, yeah, and and see what we can do with it. And if it stays the same, awesome. That's the song we as a whole wanted to write. And if not, and it changes, and somehow there's like some techno beats in there, <laughs> you know, then then <laughs> which isn't going to happen. But if you know, if just experiment and and take it as far as we can and be like, cool, this is how this song is." And then we might even get into the studio kind of like with searching and like there were bass parts that 
you know, didn't change the part itself, but uh, Matt Vary, who we recorded searching with, was like, hey, why don't you use a pog on this part? And it was uh, uh, for no love, I believe. And it was just like kind of like this, what, what would that be? It'd, be? it'd be our breakdown part for that song. Yeah. That'd be the breakdown <laughs> part. Because, you know, it, the beat's a little bit more halftime. He's like, hey, let's put a pog on there. I'm like, all right. Like, I'm not going to fight it. Be like, let's, let's hear what it sounds like. And now that's how that song is. Like, I used that sound for that part of the song. And it, it made it that much better. And for uh, those of you that don't play music and yeah, or an instrument, what that is. a pog is uh, <laughs> oh yes, it's a toy from the nineties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, we, just, uh, we just slap some of them down onto the bass. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a pedal. It's a like pedal. A, it's a almost kind of like a like a stomp sim- box, if you will. Yeah, it's like <laughs> a, a like an octave pedal, but it has like uh, symphonic like uh, undertones to it. Is the best way I can explain it. Yeah, you got it. Just try try your hardest to not say the word synthesized in there or else anti-techno boy over yeah. here. Is gonna... Hey, hey, hold on. <laughs> hold on. I, I didn't say I didn't like the sounds that come from techno. <laughs> it's just not his thing. Not not as a whole. It's not quite what he's searching for. <laughs> oh. Hey. Nice. Inconveniently enough, I don't have that sound effect. So oh, that's it. I'm done. Jake, this, I, this obviously I know a lot about your musical background. Yeah. Justin, I know a lot about your background. Monty, I don't know anything uh, really about you. Can we get like a, just like a quick Cliff's Notes version on like what kind of music you were playing? We don't have to dig into like what bands and all that stuff, but like yeah. what sort of genres you were playing in? Uh, well, I grew up, you know, playing like coffee houses in high school and stuff like that. And I got into the drums and I picked up bass, picked up guitar, kind of a multi-instrumentalist, but drums have been my my uh my home i think and i did some tech metal bands some indie bands uh i toured a little bit i I got to try out for victory records which was a pretty crazy experience but um i took some time off got into art uh kind of gave music um the uh the back seat for a while just because i i wasn't vibing with with people as far as like music goes and yeah just kind of doing my own thing and just kind of being a a lone ranger for a while and then started playing drums again saw these guys and then uh me and jake became friends and he asked me to fill in for him and the rest is history i i'm perfectly placed i I think that that's a really it's it's super interesting to know that you also come from like a more we'll just say like extreme music background as well in some regards i think everybody in the band in one form or another has played in like punk bands or hardcore bands or some sort of bands yeah yeah, some some form of like a heavier thing and now you've all found each other in this avenue where you can just write more i mean it's still rock music but it's just it's not as uh i don't know just adolescent it's Mm -hmm. less anger and more heart Sure, say, you know it's like that's the same a, amount of emotion, it. but yeah, put into a different a different channel. Yeah, exactly. So the the best part that he left out is that he was filling in uh, on drums for us, and <clears throat> I was like, "Hey, man, I really like hanging out with you." And uh, I should mention too, shout out to Evan. Evan, yeah. Uh, Evan played keys in the band before he left for the Air Force, so he actually did get to record on the record, which we were happy about. Um, but now he's in the Air Force, so. We were losing a key player, and Monty was hanging around, and he played his, you know, well, you what you did piano lessons and whatnot when you were younger, and a little bit here and there, just, yeah. Just knowing the kind of guy he is, uh, as far as like talent and 
I was like, hey, you should you should just come jam on keys, like try to try to pick it up. And yeah. he's like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. I'm not much of a key player. And <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Now I'm in love with it. Now yeah. uh, I think it was like the first practice that you came to hang out. I was just like, okay, so you're going to play keys now. <laughs> uh, by the way, there's this instrument called the pedal steel that... Uh, you're going to have to learn. You're going to... Yeah, I was watching videos on YouTube about that thing and then sat down with her and it's a beast. Quite an instrument. Quite an instrument. Different. Yeah. Not like a guitar at all. No. 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 It's its own thing. Uh, Speaking of Evan, I just saw an Instagram post where he was wearing our Northern Northern Gold shirt. Yeah, our buddy Chris went down to visit. Yeah, he was with Chris. And uh, I sent him a little care package of a bunch of stuff because I wanted him to have it. Yeah. Uh, You you know, it's crazy is like, you know, Monty come in and filling in on drums and now he's on keys. What really solidified it for me was just uh, this dude as a person. Because like in, we're very similar. Thanks, we're very similar. I mean, I'm a little bit older. I'm older than everybody in the band. Uh, You're older like, than everybody in Pittsburgh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> combined, if you guys didn't know, I'm 80 years old. I'm 80 years old. I, I just look really good. You know, I take care of myself. Yeah. But no, that's what solidified it for me. And like... Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think and, that was... And that's, the, that was very... And I think I even said it to you that it was very important that anybody that uh, is part of this band or even kind of is like around us as friends, it's like we have to like love that person. Mm-hmm. If not, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of toxic in a way. Like if you don't have the right people and you don't love them or you don't respect them and it, it becomes well, very toxic very quick. I know that. I think that, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of Humani because I don't know much about your background, but yeah. I know for a fact that, I have, Justin has, and Jake, we've all kind of been in situations where Mm -hmm. we've been kind of stuck in a situation being in bands with people that it's just like, that wasn't the case. You know what I mean? Like we're, we have this thing that we care about, this band, but it's like the foundation of this band, the pillars that are supposed to hold this up. It's like, they're all rotting Mm -hmm. and the whole thing fucking crumbles. It's like, we try our hardest to keep it afloat, but it's like, fuck. It's like, you know, we all love making music so much but when you're stuck doing it with people that you don't care about or people that you don't think who are on the same level, it creates a super toxic thing. That's why I always think it's super crucial for bands to be like friends, like really good friends, be able to like hang out, do things and not just be a thing of like, well, we get together once a week and then that's it. It's like a good example of that is in what, two weeks? Is it two weeks? We're going to Vegas together. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Party. Like Nate, (laughs) Nate, our drummer, like for years, even before I was in Northern Gold, he's like, Hey man, I want to go to Vegas. Do you want to come with me? And I'm like, dude, I'm unemployed right now. I don't got money to go to Vegas. And uh, what, probably a few months ago, he's like, hey, do you guys want to go to Vegas? It's, it's been a thing since yeah. I've known Nate. Yeah. 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 He really just wants to go <laughs> to he's Vegas. Very, he's very like, let's go to Vegas. We'll have a great time. You know, I, I'd say that's probably the best part about Nate is that even like when we're talking music stuff, he'll be like, so I got, I got this deal here. And I'm like, yeah. oh, here we go with the Vegas thing. Yeah. So I think everyone just finally got tired of it. And we're like, Nate, okay, we're going to go to Vegas now. But in yeah. exchange, you're not going to talk about Vegas for like another year. Okay. <laughs> so that's yeah. his thing. We're that's all going. I'm, I'm, I'm really stoked though. Like, I'm, oh yeah. I'm really it's going to be a great time. Going. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm going to gamble my ass off. And- it's a blast. I just got <laughs> back from 
eight yes. days in Disney World. Oh yeah, and I just want to go. Yeah, I, I want to take like all my friends to Disney dude, World, dude. Disney yeah, World is so awesome. fucking dude, awesome. I would love that. It's I would a blast. Love that. Did you do so the Mission fun. to Mars thing where you like they put you in like that centrifuge and it feels like you're like I didn't off? do that. Oh, yeah, um, that's gnarly. We yeah. couldn't do everything. <laughs> didn't do that because that's in Epcot and that's probably where we spent oh, the yeah. least amount of time. How about the uh, the hang glider one? Did you at least ride that? Yeah. Soren? Yeah, we yeah. did Soren. Wait, cool. eight days and you couldn't do everything. <laughs> no. Dude, there's no, so much stuff there. Enormous. It's that big. It's huge. No. Yeah. There's probably more. I was there when I was probably like eight, eight or nine. I was young. And we, we did a lot of stuff there, but like we were only there for a weekend and like yeah. we didn't even t- like scratch oh, yeah. the Yeah, surface. like so like on a speaking geographically, it's the size of two Manhattans and it's made yeah. up of... <laughs> Two dozen resorts that all have their own restaurants and shopping, plus four theme parks, two water parks, and another shopping district. So basically, every neighborhood is like a theme park or like something to do. It's wow. like a, it's like basically a giant city that's made yeah. up of these tiny neighborhoods that are theme parks. Exactly, and it's insane, and it's literally impossible to do it all, even in eight days. Wow. I need to go. Did you get that's the turkey on a yeah. stick thing? Did you do that? What was it? The turkey on a stick? No, I don't yeah. eat meat, my friend. Oh. Apologies. Oh, That's okay. <laughs> I sniffed one for you. How does okay. that sound? Perfect. <laughs> but yeah, so now that we're talking about bands and friends and turkey and sniffing and licking, <laughs> so whenever Northern Gold gets together, you're doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Is there any fun like band practice rituals or perhaps a place where Northern Gold likes to go as a unit to maybe chow on some food together, a post-show meal, a pre-show meal, post-practice. What are you eating? The world wants to know. Iron Maiden? Excellent. <laughs> All right. Um, I would, honestly, <laughs> I would have to say uh, the porch. Yeah. yeah. The porch of, of, the, of their house. Yeah. Man. We... Uh, we're all, that's like that's like pre and post like show. We're all kind of our own island, but when we come together, it's like it's it's a very like it's a hybrid of just personalities and, and creativity. And there's nothing specific that we do. It's just when we get together, it just feels right. You know, like yeah. you go through life and you're like, where am I headed? And you know, what's the what's the end point? What am I here to attain? But when I'm hanging out with these guys and playing music, like that's it. I feel like I've arrived. So when that happens. It's all good. Are there any, uh, I don't want to stir the pot, but when it comes to food, are there any severe disagreements on the band? Like maybe a pizza topping or some sort of a condiment or anything? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That's a good one. I hate mayo. Okay. That's a good one. (laughs) Oh, so so you're like Colt. Oh, I yeah, mayo. I was just I gonna say, Colt hates, hates mayo. mayo. Colt I, I, hates mayo. Shout outs to Colt Gray Walker. Colt. Hates mayo. Does not like pickles. <laughs> nope. Anything pickled, he doesn't. And I have purposely put both of those in our fridge <laughs> because I live with Colt, and I'll, I'll joke them and be like, "Hey man, um, I'm gonna throw some mayo on there for you." He's like, "Don't you fucking do it, man. Don't you fucking do that." I'm like, "I'm gonna do it when you're not looking. You're gonna eat it. And you're gonna love it." He's like, mm-mm. Make him a uh, mayo and pickle sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I pretty much eat anything. Yeah. Or at least try it. Yeah. I try to eat on the healthier side, but yeah, okay. I'll, I'll eat. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll cheat here and there or even a week at a time. I don't care, but yeah. Um, when it comes to that sort of thing, I would say it's more on the beverage side. Mm-hmm. Now, there's yeah. some beer guys. I'm more of a whiskey guy. I am both. <laughs> uh, well, I w- actually, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call myself a beer guy because I like uh, Coors Light and 
horrible beer, <laughs> apparently, according to everyone. But they like to drink it, so. Listen, um, I just I just like to rag on you about it. I yeah, love you fine. for you, man. It's fine. I love you for you. But the the other side of that is like you drink higher end whiskey, which oh, I got yeah. a lot of respect for. Yeah. Well, you know? I wouldn't say higher end. It's like I would shelf, say. but whatever. Well, <laughs> well, we're not. You're not dropping two hundred dollars on a bottle. Oh of whiskey. no, I would like to try yeah, to do that. Me too. <laughs> I, all, I think all of us would. But uh, yeah, no, I, I enjoy whiskey. Gotta have the funds for that. Mm. Yeah, I. I'm beer person. I like beer. I'm not a snob by any means. I'm not like a, oh, fuck you for drinking that cheap shit. Or no, I don't want that Miller Lite. Fuck you. If you, I'll I'll have one. You like what you like. But also if somebody were to hand me like a, I don't know, like a a Pliny the Elder, I can sit down and appreciate the nuance of this rare beer. It's fine. It doesn't bother me. But with liquor, I love the concept of learning about it. But like, the barrier for entry on a price point is so much different than beer. Mm-hmm. It's so much easier. Like, oh, I can go to the the fucking grocery store and do like a mix six pack for 14 bucks and try six beers I've never had. Yeah. I can't do that with whiskey or fucking scotch or anything like that. It's like, how do I learn about this stuff? Oh, just Jameson. That's all you need to learn. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that, that's, that's Jameson my, covers it all. Yeah. That's my bottom like... Covers the, a, the bathroom floor when you're yeah, puking the next yeah. day. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah. Jameson's a good place to start. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I would disagree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, man. Yeah. I'll drink it though. Yeah, oh. you will. <laughs> I think that I think that I had some Jameson... Thanks to you at your oh, album yes. release show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It goes everywhere with me. That or Crown or... Uh, you got me into that new one. Uh, Tully? Tully. Tully yeah. Mordew. Yeah. It has a little m- more of a, a bite to it, but, you know. See, I think it's, I like the Tully. I think it's smoother. I think it's, smooth too. I think it's, I think it's the smooth. opposite. So it definitely You're wrong. has. Like, You're wrong. It's fine. It's so <laughs> much like <laughs> guys are just bullies. That's all. <laughs> much like music. It's so interesting how food and drink, it enters like songs will enter different people's ears in a different way. And something that sounds like emo to somebody might sound not emo to somebody else. And like a whiskey that might sound or taste rough to someone might be smooth to somebody else. It's it is weird. It's interesting how we all have different palettes sonically. And I think you also like end up developing tastes for things. Um, like some of my favorite albums, the first time I like played them, I was like, oh, this is awful. I don't want this. And then I would go back and revisit it. And I'm like, Wow! What, yeah. I, uh, how did I miss the boat on this? Like, yeah. and the same thing with like uh, certain whiskeys. Like, I really didn't like Jameson for a long time, and then you know he started coming around, and there would always be Jameson. And I'm like, all right, I get it. It's not that bad. Probably, I'll my, drink it. Probably, probably <laughs> my favorite Jameson is like the the twelve year. Uh, I was a twelve year oh, yeah. barrel aged, and then they have like a like a forty year. That's absolute garbage. I mean, you'd think it would taste, at least for me, you'd think it would taste better, but I'm like, nah, I'll go for that 12-year or like the the regular So I I went and recently did the Jim Beam uh, distillery tour uh, this week, and I learned all about whiskey. I I didn't really know a whole whole lot about it, um, and now I figured out like there's so much stuff that goes into calling a whiskey a whiskey and a bourbon a bourbon, and the kinds of barrels and how long they leave it in the barrels and what makes yeah. 
It's the same it with like crazy. the same with like scotch from like actually from Scotland. It's like the type of like peat moss they use, I believe, or something like that. Like it's probably like filter water or something. Evan like Evan would be able to like he would know all that. It's crazy, but I have an appreciation for it now. Now yeah. I'm gonna be a whiskey snob. Just <laughs> kidding. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, it's it's no different than going back to music stuff. Like you start finding out about keyboard stuff and you're like, oh, okay, like, okay, so this is a keyboard. It's a, it's a there's a Yamaha, here's a Roland. And it's like, okay, like whatever. I don't understand why a fucking, like a Dave Smith profit is 10,000 fucking dollars. And it makes, it's just a keyboard. And then you get into it and you're like, oh, ah, yes, all yes. the nuance of what yeah. all those little knobs and exactly. stuff do. I get it. Yeah. And that's what I, I, I like about this band is like, I've been in other bands with like, you're telling other members like, hey, try this or try that. Like, I don't feel that kind of that comes across to me. Like, I don't even have to worry about that. We kind of like get a song, let it simmer, it settles into us. And then the parts that come out individually from the members, it's just like, yeah, that's cool. That's yeah. really cool. I mean, we'll, we'll always have suggestions for each other. Yeah. And I think that's great. Like, I, like if, like with the new song, like Jake basically has written the bass part for it and I love it. And so I'll probably just keep the, keep it the way it is. But you know, by the time we track it, there might be like little things that I do different here and there. Oh yeah. And, that, that, you know, was, that was kind of the idea. I mean, I was yeah. hoping that give, give a bass take it and, and run with it and do something better. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but not, no, like not he, much of a bass player. <laughs> no, when you actually like sent over like the, the, the clip that I was like, dude, that fucking bass part's awesome. It's like, I wish I would have written that. <laughs> Hell yeah. So Sometimes, you know, the simplicity of something, just like it gels right if it mm-hmm. all just kind of locks in. And it's that's the problem, especially coming from a background where maybe you're playing technical metal or you're playing, you know, you're listening to bands like fucking Circus Survive or, mm-hmm. you know, crazy fucking punk stuff. I don't know, Propaganda. I don't know. I'm just trying to think Ooh, of bands that are fucking technical. Going call. Um, yeah, like... <laughs> going call, yeah, dude. Where... <laughs> you grow up listening to these bands that are like high, high players, like super technical, but everything that they write isn't technical. It's just the stuff that sticks out to you. So whenever you're trying to write music, you're always trying to write this technical stuff. And sometimes you forget like, Oh, I'm trying to create a conversation between me and a listener. And if they don't understand the language that I'm speaking, then song's not going to connect with them. So finding a way to still be technical and interesting, but also sometimes dial your, uh, your playing ego back and just be, comfortable playing something it is simple but fuck it's a really interesting conversation for the listener yeah. to engage with i i know from from my personal perspective uh we even went into the studio to record searching there were parts that i had that were a little more complicated not that they were like you know techie by any means and while i'm tracking i'm like you know what i just want to dumb this down because i think it'll sound better and we'd kind of a b parts and i'm like yep let's take this one over here and it was the more simple because it it made the overall song better. And mm-hmm. I know that you and I have had, you know, with writing psych stuff, I'll be yeah. like, oh, I want to do this and it'll be That's complicated. The- and you're like, Justin, just play, play something simple. Trust me, in the end, it'll sound great. And then it's like, oh, yeah. It's the unfortunate thing about bass guitar and where it sonically sits in the mix right? is that most of the time, if you're even doing like some extra work, if it's on time and it works, it works. You don't even yeah. hear it yeah. a lot of the time, depending yeah. on like the tone of the bass. But if you're playing something and it's off or you're struggling, it'll pop out of the mix. Yeah. So sometimes oh, it's yeah. better just to dumb it down just because you're not hearing all that extra shit anyways. And mm-hmm. it's just like less stress in the studio, less stress trying to play it. 
I know it's probably a bummer to be like, oh, well, I could be doing this extra little run, but if nobody's going to hear it, it'd be like me just muting all these fucking microphones and us recording the conversation <laughs> anyways. It's like, I, th- I think point? though it's, uh, it's important to have like, it's, it's important to dumb it down for recording purposes, but then like save that stuff for like a live show. Yeah. Like make, yeah. make it a little bit different. If people want to hear the record, they could just play the record, you know? Ooh, but when you, you play live... Put a little extra even in there. even even us live like <clears throat> we we play stuff a little bit differently than than the record. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, we'll extend parts or even like you were just saying, like I'll throw in runs that aren't on the record, and it just makes me happy. And you guys don't don't hate it. And I'm like, cool. I'm gonna keep doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. And, yeah. And people afterwards like, man, that was great. And it's like some people really love the record, and then other people have even said to us, be like, man you guys live is even so much better than the record. And I'm like, cool. The inter- yeah, awesome. The, the interesting thing about your band and you live and just in general would be like the yin and yang between you and Mike's guitar playing. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like you're such different players. Oh yeah. And it's 100%. really interesting how it like comes together and makes this like really beautiful thing. Yeah. He really, he does some really interesting stuff and he always, uh, uh, says it's because he's not a guitar player, doesn't know like anything, and I'm like, but what you're doing is so cool that it it just totally works and it helps, it aids the song, and that that's uh, when it comes to writing now, that's what I always think about is like this part's really cool, but is it gonna help the song or is it just gonna be nothing? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So uh, as opposed to thinking, okay, this is a guitar part, this is a bass part, it's like how are we gonna construct uh, construct the entire song to to work with this or what are we going to do? I struggle with that a lot when writing stuff for Sykes and the New Violence because we're not a traditional rock band and we rely so much on, you know, electronics and stuff because we have that hip hop element. Mm -hmm. When I'm like composing songs, okay, it's like, well, I'm demoing out stuff in a DAW. I have endless tracks and I have this issue where I'm always... Always a song starts out and it ends up having too much shit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, we got our guitar and our bass and our synth. And I'm like, okay, well, that synth would sound really cool if I fucking like octave it with like three other synths and made it sound super thick. And now it's like, okay, well, now you can't hear the fucking guitars anymore. Right. And then like you start adding all this stuff and then it's like, oh shit, I go to record vocals and it's like, there's nowhere for them to sit in the mix. Right. And then you end up just like pulling everything back and it's like, oh. I feel like there's nothing in this song now, but when you think about bands, it's like, okay, well, there's a drum track, a bass track, a guitar track, some keys, vocals, whatever. Like, it's fine if it's right. dumb. Less is more right. a yeah, lot of the 100%. time. But when you have that ability to like record yourself and be in like a fucking Pro Tools or whatever, DAW, and like you can just keep adding yeah, stuff. It's, it's ridiculous. very tempting for like mm-hmm. the, the curious mind mm-hmm. to just keep yeah. going nuts. And this is a compliment. I, your style of music is really not my thing. I'm, like, I'm not into that genre, but I saw you guys live at Howler's. It was incredible. Oh, thank you. Your live That's show very is very Thanks, incredible. Mom. I'm not just saying that for any blah, blah, blah. I mean it. I was very impressed. What you guys do is super... Super so cool. dialed it's, in yeah, with it's everything. Just, it, was, it's, it is impressive. I, I was smiling the whole time and grinning. I'm like, this is this is cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Appreciate that. Yeah. It's funny. I tend to we tend to get that that compliment more from like people that maybe aren't like hip hop fans. We're like hip hop for people that don't like hip hop. Yeah. It's like people tend to like come out and see it and it seems like they get it when they see it. But it's like a really difficult thing because we're doing music and it doesn't always like translate on 
not paper, but like just like from yeah. listening to it, it's like a thing that you have to see. You have to go out and see. But it. getting people to like come out and actually see something is so hard. So yeah, um, yeah, like moving this conversation into a thing where, okay, so Northern Gold writes music for, we'll just say like an older demographic, probably not intentionally. It's just we'll say you know high school kids, early twenty something kids the style of music that you're playing is probably not what they're listening to. It's the same thing with Sykes and New Violence. We're not, we're just like make music for people kind of in our age. Sure. But with that being said, on an independent level, it makes it really hard to get people to come out to shows because I don't know, all of our fan base are other old adults that might not be able to come out to every show. So like how has Northern Gold tackled that you know do you find yourselves having an issue getting people to come out to shows do you maybe be a little bit more selective on the shows that you play or do you just like promote your asses off we're definitely selective um with what shows we want to play uh and not not like as far as the bands that are on that show it's more or less like okay we just played a show last month Let's uh, let's see what our options are this month. Maybe we play. Maybe we don't play anything this month, um, and we just kind of pick and choose that way. And then yeah, we promote pretty well. Um, word of mouth. I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem that hard to get people to to come out anymore. Just maybe because we're playing not less, play, not playing as much in the city. Yeah, yeah. And I know my my focus and our focus is uh, like I'm trying to gather up contacts for stuff outside of Pittsburgh. Just to get us out for like weekends and you know test the waters outside of the, of Pittsburgh and um, just because you know we we love to play and we want to like gain I, as many new fans as we possibly yeah, can. Yeah, it's just it's the next step for us. Yeah. I think is you know we've we've finally got the lineup solid. We we've played a lot of good shows in Pittsburgh. Now it's time to like start yeah. branching and, out. And, yeah. and sometimes like random things happen, like with the the Judah and the Lion show, where mm-hmm. like literally two days before the show we get a. We get a uh, what? But Nate got a call from Jeremy. Mm-hmm. He's like, "Hey, I submitted you for this. I didn't tell you, but hey, um, yeah, Judah and his management picked you guys to open up for him. So uh, can you guys do it?" That show was what was awesome. that experience like? Awesome. It was fucking, weird. Fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it was weird because, uh, to be honest, I never listened to Judah and the Lion. Either, either, and, and I. Uh, but you've heard them, just not known. I probably, yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They sound like you know they're a radio band. They're good. I get yeah, it. They're good really people, good. good. Nice people. guys. Um, but Jude was also very nice. Yeah. When, he was a uh, very nice guy. When we got picked for that, I was like, well, I better check these guys out. And I'm like, what? Why are they asking <laughs> us to play this? Like, <laughs> these guys are like a mega radio pop band and we are a sad boy. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is, you know what's crazy about that is I saw uh, Corey from Punchline like a couple, couple weeks later and Jeremy submitted them for that show as well. Huh. And... And Judah and his management were like, no, we want these guys. And I was, I was like, I don't mean, mean to be that guy, Corey, but like, I'm really happy that it happened. He's like, no, man, good for you. Like, that's yeah. awesome. I think that a lot of times when you have bands like that, um, obviously I wasn't at that show because Sykes already had a show that night that Justin had the bow yeah, out of. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. to Thank technology. That. This MacBook yeah. right here played Justin's bass parts that night. So, so you uh, hear that, Justin? You're useless. <laughs> I mean... 
to be honest, we're all useless. We could, we could literally put a MacBook up on yeah, stage no, and be like, yeah. "Hey, we're North of the Gold. Thanks for coming out." No, I hit a yeah, button and walk off. It's stage. so funny. Like, I, yeah, because like I have like I run all of our backtracks through multiple DIs out. So like I ran had he had his own DI out into his own speaker on his own spot on the stage. That's was, adorable. <laughs> I, I just wish that you would have like a cutout of me, uh-huh. like with my bass, just sitting in fr- like in front of the speaker. To be fair, the stage that we played on, we was at Roboto. It was so fucking small that there yeah. wouldn't even have been space for you anyway. So part oh, of me really? was kind of like glad that you weren't there because I was like, I don't know where the fuck you would have went. <laughs> the ceiling, the ceiling. Yeah, hang me from the ceiling. You can't. You can't. You know. Nail this but, man down. <laughs> um, what I was going to say about that show, and I find this happens a lot where those big touring bands that have big shows, they want to make sure that their show is the biggest, the loudest, the most exciting thing that happens. And they're probably into like having, you know, like a more indie soft sort of thing open up the show because it gets, it sets the tone. It's not going to be bigger than their show. And it's a good opportunity for like them to check everything in the room and make sure everything's working good. Well, yeah, they actually uh, they called me, and it was like the day before, and they were like, "Hey, we just need to go over some guidelines with you, because typically, like, they have another opening band following them for the whole tour." So I don't know what happened there, but uh, one of the things was our sound had to be lower than theirs. Yep. And yep. we were not allowed to leave the stage. Like once we got on the stage, we were not allowed to leave until like our set was done. Like don't go into the crowd. Don't run off the side of the stage. Stay where you're at. So whoops. I think you're all right. Yeah. They didn't yeah. say anything. But that's just me. Like I, I, re- I really, I'm saying, we can't nail yeah. you down. Yeah. I really love <laughs> a big stage and you know, this yeah. playing some bigger stages than me. Like I like to move around and, the the only thing was is like the the sound guy left like a monitor right where I would go out to like stage right, so I had to like jump over like my monitor to like get out in front. And then like later, Jake's like, "Yeah, they they didn't really want us to do that." And I was like, well, "It's too Stop. late, man." man. <laughs> They're never like, gonna call us again. <laughs> no, I, I bet she does. Judy's got her number. Oh, he's calling me now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that it, it, it's an, a really interesting world that exists once you get to that level on uh even down to things like merch like oh you can't have like you have to have less merch like with like a lot of metal bands it's like yeah. oh you can only bring two designs with you they have to be price matched with us like yeah. all this crazy wow. stuff that happens when it comes to that's, uh, that, getting on that level that shit really did us some good in that department as far as like gaining new fans and just having a new experience in general of of, of that level at least for that time period so, is, yeah Go. Real quick, just so anybody that's listening that isn't that wasn't there doesn't know, this was main stage, stage eight. Yeah. Yes, yep, yes. Just to and give you an idea of like what, how big of a show it was. And after the show, like we went outside and you know had a beer and a, and a smoke or whatever. And uh, Jake here didn't have his hat on, but once he put that hat on, it's like his persona came back, and we were signing autographs and signing T-shirts yeah. and taking pictures <laughs> with fans. And it was just so surreal. Yeah, it was such an interesting experience. Well, yeah, what well, was very. I guess surreal and, and, and humbling and awesome at the same time is like after like first song, second song, like I was waiting for people to just like, you know, you, you stop and you just hear crickets and it's like, man, no one's going to love it. Like we got done with like the first song and people were like, yeah, there was some old dude like up front that was like, <laughs> yeah, go bass player. <laughs> yeah. Get it, man. Get it. Like I felt we got done. I, I went up right up to that dude. I was like, here's a set list, man. He's like, thanks so much, brother. I was like, dude, Thank you, man. And people were coming up and buying merch and they're like, like, oh my God, I'm so glad you played the show. Like, I, I love your music, you know, blah, blah, blah. And 
you know, hopefully more stuff like that comes down the pipeline. And you know, yeah, if anybody's listening, they can get us kind of into that world a little more. Hey, hey, hit us up, hit us, us up, out. and we will uh, let's make some magic happen. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, so much of that just deals with like uh, shaking the right hands, knowing sure. the right Never people, people yeah. management, all that yeah. sort of stuff. So, is that a conversation that is happened for Northern Gold? What's the the next step in terms of being professionals? Well, because obviously you're a good band. You're good at what you do. Thank you. You could play a you could play a big room like Stage AE opening. You could do it. So the, you did it. So what's next? The thing about that though is that I feel like the songs were kind of constructed for large stages like that. Like we sound better on a big stage than we do on a small one. Yeah. So that that's the idea. But go ahead, Monty. Why don't you take this Ooh, one? This is uh. So <laughs> I'll just say it. We have a uh, we've got some recognition from uh, a guy that worked for Geffen Records, and he's kind of put us on a radar a little bit and uh, you know we've we've been conversing back and forth um, you know through a friend of mine he's given us some good insight you know what's the next step and how to achieve it and we're kind of working towards that right now it's kind of a slow roll but uh, we're getting our pieces together and um, yeah we're being watched right now but we have a little more work to do and I understand that's just the nature of the beast so yeah. working we are but we all want it so yeah. whatever it is that we're trying to achieve uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna get it. We're, we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna do what we have to do. Yeah, and like I, like I've said to these guys, like I I really feel that first step is like us just playing outside of Pittsburgh more and being selective, like we actually have been with shows in Pittsburgh. Like not taking everything that comes along um, if it feels good and like those last minute ones. If it's something like the Judah and the Lion show, cool, let's do that. But if it's like a last minute one at you know, club cafe and they want us to jump on last minute because it weren't great ticket sales. I don't know. I mean, I guess it would depend on who the band is. Like I love helping out other bands, especially if they're local, but sometimes we just have to go, you know, we can't do that because it's, it's not really good for us. And I hate putting it that way, but yeah. like, it's just, I mean, we're all business. We're all trying to, you know, essentially, you know, make it, but you do have to look out for yourself and you do have to be selective and, uh, mature about things and sometimes that can come off as being an asshole but yeah. we're, we're not trying yeah. to be we really aren't it's just you know uh i would love to do this for a living so if we can make it happen it's just some things you got to do to along the path that being, unfold the way yeah. they unfold yeah being selective is it's super hard and with with like with sykes it's like i mean we just played a show that we shouldn't have played oh hands down like yeah. we, we really shouldn't have played it it was yeah. completely worthless Aside from the fact that we hadn't been in a room together in maybe three weeks. So it was like yeah. nice to have a practice on a stage with somebody running sound. Yeah. But that's essentially what it was. Yeah. And yeah. like there was like there was somebody else in town that night that I really wanted to see and I skipped going to the show to play this show. And it was just like, fuck, like, why did we do this? But it's like, well, it was a good set. And it sounded really good. Yeah. And it's like it's really crucial for us to stay sharp and with like for what we do for some reason, like a practice and playing a show is completely different because there's so much that goes into our setup that like doing it live, we need to do it as much as we can so we could stay sharp. But battling that with not playing too much, it's like hard to figure out. It's like, just a push and pull. It's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say that show that there was one girl and her boyfriend and she was 
fucking loving it. Yeah. And and for me, like, I mean, hey, I want every show that, you know, Northern Gold and Sykes and New Vines play. I want rooms packed because I love what we do. And maybe this will sound like being a dick, but I think we deserve it. <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, I'm maybe that's the the old man and me being like, I deserve this. But it's like, no, like I truly feel like musically and personality wise, like we're none of us are assholes about things. It's not like somebody comes up to us and we're like, get, get away, kid. Yep. No, I don't have time to sign your stuff. Like, I'll after a show, if like there's more people at that Judah show or like our release show or the next show that we play in town, if somebody wants to, there's a bunch of people that wants to sign stuff or hang out, like I'll be there for two or three hours. I don't care. Yeah. You know, unless I have to like get up and go to work, which I don't because I'm unemployed right now, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Living you know, the dream. Living the dream, baby. <laughs> no, that is the dream. Yeah, it is. I mean, be unemployed and play music. Yeah. Well, if, if we were playing music for a living, we wouldn't be unemployed. Well. You know, it's, the, it's like the, the best case scenario, the best job you can have, like, because you, you love it. Like, and obviously, like, myself, I love it because I'm, you know, 40 years old and I'm still, still doing this. Yeah, I'd say we're all in that boat, bud. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> like, yeah. we yeah. all could have stopped a long time ago and yeah. got, you know, real jobs and hung it up and started I, families and I actually, I mean, <laughs> I, I did, I did quit playing bass for a year. I was in a band called Demira that were from Buffalo at the time. And as much as I learned from that band, there was a lot of things that were very negative about that whole, and this is, comes back to like loving the people you play with and respecting them. There really wasn't that for me, but I was also in a bad place mentally. And when I got back from like, I got kicked out of that band. And when I, that happened. I was like, I'm done. I'm done playing bass. I didn't pick up bass for a year. Yeah. And then some, uh, some friends of mine and, and a voice like rhetoric, um, the same thing. They're like, Hey, can you fill in for a show? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Okay. And they're like, do you want to join? And it's like, okay, cool. And we toured for a while and same thing. Like it just, things just kind of dissolved and, you know, thankfully that, that path is what needed to bring me to you guys and to to brian over here you also so need that time to learn yes, what to do and what not yes to do, so. yeah. yes exactly it growing experiences exactly taking the inward voyage is is part of the deal too yes for sure and you're a big part of like all of you but like especially me like learning to like get inside and let all these suppressed feelings just let them out yeah because it's it's toxic very toxic yes indubitably I just got so, real. I just got real deep I there. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think I need another. No, I need another beer. It's super <laughs> crucial. You need more beer? Yes, yeah, please. All right. So here's the deal. Shout outs to Penn Brewery, real Penn quick. Brewery, thank we you got guys. a little bit of this Penn Gold left. I want to try the other one. You want to try, try the other one? Yeah. All right. Please. Who wants that Penn Gold? That's that's the basic stuff. So that's probably good. Well, that's actually an award winning beer. Is it really? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's a, the Great American Beer Festival. I think oh, they won yeah, Best yeah, Hellas yeah. Lager in yeah. the World. Oh, yeah? What's that thing? Yeah. That's good awesome. It's Basic. Good. <laughs> it's very like good. Me. But it is a good beer. <laughs> it is a good beer. And then this is the Pumpkin Penn Spice. IPA. Wow. In this Arkham Realty uh, growler. Shout-outs to Arkham Realty. Shout-out. We're going to be wrapping up shortly, but we'll take some time to pour some beers. And while we're doing this, why don't one of you let the people know on the internet where they can find Northern Gold? All right, I'll handle this. Yeah, good. All right, you can check us out at uh, northerngoldmusic.com. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're updating the YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. And um, yeah, you can pretty much find us anywhere. Google us 
at uh, Northern Gold Music and a bunch of stuff will pop up. Um, come check out our shows. And we're doing some new things uh, visually. Uh, we're getting very exploratory with um, sounds and, and, and visuals and just the whole experience. And, and that, that's the thing what I'm trying to, to get across to people is it's not, we're not just a, uh, we're a band. Yeah, of course we play music, but there's just so much music out there and it's, it's so, uh, so quick and so fast. You can find whatever you want immediately. But when you come to one of our shows, we want you to be there and we want to, we want to, we want to connect with you and offer an experience yeah. that you're not going to get anywhere else, but right there. Right. The bonding experience. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> that was great. So <laughs> with you, let's start, let's start with Monty. I'm going to kind of ask some, some final questions here that that'll probably still take 15 or 20 minutes anyways. Um, actually though, no, let's start with Jake. Oh no. Jake. <laughs> Good. When it comes to writing heavier music, like yeah. back in the day, do you still have that itch? Do you ever like work on any heavy stuff that nobody Go. knows about? Oh, man. Tell them. It's funny that you say that. <laughs> Um, I think, uh, well, you'll be probably releasing this soon with Ricky. Yeah. You did a, a, one of these with Ricky, uh, Dennis and, uh, he's a good friend of mine. Anyhow, uh, he's bandless right now and we hang out all the time and we've been talking and he was showing me some of the, uh, some of the fail safe demos that he was working on before that all ended. And, said, hey, man, like, you're really good. You need to keep going. And, um, you know, Monty played drums in a heavy band, and we lived together. So I'm like, you know what? Hell with it. Let's uh, let's just record some stuff and see what happens. So, yeah, I'll be a... Need a bassist? Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> cool. I'm here for that's, you. That's uh, gonna be the I want to be in a heavy gold. band again. <laughs> that's going to be the fun <laughs> thing about all of it is that I'm just going to bring in people... Um, guitar players, bass players, whoever. Whoever wants to be involved... If you want to get it on a track, I would love okay. that. That'd be cool. So, All right. Simply for the sake of expressing. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. And I also find that when I uh, have like a writer's block. Is it going to be thing? called Southern Bronze? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called Southern Silver, bud. <laughs> no. Um, that'll be announced later. Uh, but when it yeah. comes to, to writing and having like writer's block, I feel like it helps to create something different or something that I've never even tried before. I've been listening to uh, some like synth wavy stuff and I'm kind of getting into that. Okay. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm all over the place. So yeah. yeah. Night Traveler. Is that what you're talking about? Night Traveler. What Ooh. was the other one? Uh, the, the Ivy. The Ivy. I like them a lot. Yeah. So I think that that's... Check them out. I think that that's super crucial. And most people that I know in the songwriting world, the most creative ones are the ones that always have those weird curveballs. You wouldn't expect them to listen to the stuff that they listen to at all. Like fucking, um, what's his name? The Clint, the singer of the common heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, Clinton. Clinton. Yeah. yeah. He was at the gray Walker album release show. Mm-hmm. And like, we were talking about like Pantera. Oh yeah. Our oh, yeah. Set. Like, and like, he's like into all that stuff. He's like, in- I never would have fucking expected it. I'm pretty sure he loves like old school hip hop. Like that's yeah. his jam. Yeah, so. I think that like, you know, but that's the type of thing where it's like just on the surface, you know, there's like, okay, this big burly motherfucker that fronts this awesome soul band. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, like, since I have the connection and I feel the soul in something like a Pantera, like I get it. It doesn't make, it doesn't, it's not that weird to me, mm-hmm. but it's still awesome to come across people who are like that. And most people that are songwriters 
that are really, really good ones just listen to the most outside the box shit that you would never oh, expect. Yeah. We all that, listen to that's the like um, uh, Ben from Dillinger Escape Plan. Yeah, I remember years ago. This is when they had the OG singer, and they played an eerie. Um, but anyways, I was randomly just talking about something. I was like, "Oh, you know, what do you guys listen to in the van?" He's like, "Fiona Apple." Yeah, he's like, he's like, <laughs> yeah. we, we that's all we've listened to this whole tour is just Fiona Apple, and I'm like really? And he's like, yeah, dude, she's great. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I love her, but like, I didn't expect that. And he's like, no, we, we barely listen to metal. Like, I can relate to that though. If you're doing it all the time, you know, you want to freshen your ears up with something different. I think think that you, absolutely. And she's putting out a new record soon. I'm so stoked. You get the, the freshest perspective. If you're able to find like a healthy way to bring that influence into what you're doing, you know, like with Sykes, it's like, I, it's like, I think about with, I'm having a brain fart, but it's because it's passion. The passion's blocking my thoughts. <laughs> um, with Sykes, safe space. I write the songs, even though it's like hip hop, there's always been more of like a really dramatic metal song structure to the way I do things because it's like I want a really epic intro and a really dramatic bridge and can, like all these things. It's never just been like an like an like a 16 bar loop with anything that I've done. It's like no, there needs to be a bunch of different parts. I want it to be structured like a rock song. That, yeah, no, I can definitely hear that. And I think that's what makes you so unique when you guys do it. Like it's your live show is amazing, but the music is definitely like more I wouldn't even like I would say it's more of a rock band than it is hip hop, yeah, you know? It's like definitely. The, but it's cool. It's just like it's a. I, I've been thinking about it a lot, and it's if anybody tries to ask me about like what Sykes is and why it is the way that it is, it's just like, you know, I was born in 1985. I'm a child. I'm a simultaneously a child of the 80s and the 90s, mm-hmm. and it's like I just grew up in an era where it was like listening to. Beastie Boys, Rage Against the Machine, yeah. and yes. Pantera all yes. made sense. Yeah, you're and just, it's like that's what you're getting when like you're hearing yeah. my stuff. It's just like Green Day, Iron Maiden, Smashing Pumpkins, like all that stuff was top notch in my brain. You're making the records that you never heard. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, and that's that's important. You I left think. out Beck. Yeah, <laughs> a little maybe a little Soundgarden Beck, in there too. Nine Inch Nails, yeah. Soundgarden oh shirt, Nirvana, all that stuff. Yeah. It's like the Prodigy. Yes, like all that yeah. stuff was like so huge it was such an interesting time the like early to mid 90s like music was just there was like no filter on what could be popular anything could be popular it was awesome yeah we listened to uh well it was like a video it was like top 100 songs from the 90s and it like some of the songs i'm like really that was the 90s like i thought this was like the 80s (laughs) yeah it's crazy but it's it was so interesting like to it was like a time where there was so much money in the music industry that they were able to allow like creativity was allowed to fuel the music industry where now it feels like money has to fuel it again and there's it's really unfortunate but yeah yes, it is a lot it seems like a lot of major players in the industry are a lot less likely to take a chance on something because it's like well this doesn't meet the, everybody has too much data we have too much information on like algorithms and uh viewership times and all of these things that like where people release albums and people seem to do things based on like computer data that we've gotten fed to us and it's like i don't or how, how engaging you are on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, I just, well, I just feel like music doesn't sound timeless anymore. Like no. back in the 90s and 80s and 70s, you had like a timeless sound. And now the stuff that's coming out, not that it's bad, like there's some cool shit out there yeah. for sure. But 
I don't know. It's just there's like this. It's like this wouldn't sound like an oldie. You're like this, this yeah. can't be an oldie it's, in twenty years. Like it's just. It's like you're not gonna get nothing I mean, wrong I'm with not, that. I'm not saying you you won't get this, but you're not gonna get a band like my favorite band Jawbox was signed to a major back in like the '90s. Like th- that them today. Like if a band like them came out today, there's no fucking way a major label is gonna sign them and be like, I smell a hit. You know, but back then they're like, dude, this band is fucking great. You know, they've been killing it on Discord. Like they have a huge fan base, you know, for, for an indie band. Let's sign them in. That, that would never happen today. It'd be like, well, I mean, what, uh, what do the analytics look like on Google? You know? Yeah, it's, well, it's the, almost like they're promoting the, the same thing over and over again with just different sure. faces. I, yeah. get, I yeah. get press yeah. kits sent to me a lot. Um, for some reason, I don't know, I guess my name has, somehow my email has gotten onto lists for booking agents and all of these things and people think that I'm somebody that's going to like, that like I do, like I have a blog and I write about shows and I can like interview bands for my blog and promote their show when they're coming in the town and it's kind of not exactly what I do. But all the time I get these press kits and I open them up because I never know. Like there might be an opportunity to interview Fiona Apple or something oh crazy. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you get to, if you get to interview I mean, Fiona Apple, can I just like sit, sit there and just be like, just there. I, no. won't, I won't say anything. No, <laughs> that's a hard no. We'll, uh, no, you can, we'll make sure Justin's very no, far no, away. No, 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 you could, <laughs> no, you could be here. Should. You'll be my engineer for the day. Yes. Yes. I got like, you. Not like, a train. But, engineer. uh, <laughs> I get these emails and, the the way that these emails are worded is always so like it's no okay so here's the example i'll just use your band name for example it's like okay if i was going to send an email out i'd be like oh you know northern golds is you know indie rock americana country sort of thing i don't know i'd give some description about the band they're on tour promoting their new album and things like that like that that's what i would say most of the emails that i get are like this is Northern Gold, who across all social platforms have obtained one million fans and seven hundred and fifty thousand billion uh, streams, and it's like it just says the name That's of the band. True. Then there's a bunch of numbers, <laughs> and then at the bottom it talks about like who the band is and what they do, and it's so weird that it's like I don't care yeah, about like how many people have listened to them. I want to know what they are. Yeah, you is, know the, what I mean? is, the band, is the band good yeah. or not? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like. If if I read an email, like if I was in your position, I read those emails. I'd be like, "This is disgusting." It's like we need we need to stop the internet now. Just play music. If you're in a band, just play music. Yeah. yeah. Just write and play music, and all the other stuff is just extra. Honestly, yeah, th- at the end yeah. of the day, I think that that's a conversation that I've had with myself a lot, and I think that maybe more people need to have because we do get caught up in talks about the algorithms and. uh the way that social media kind of throttles things and we're all like, okay, you know, we're posting stuff and people aren't engaging with it. And maybe it's because we're not paying for promotion or doing this and that, but we've all posted things randomly that have gotten a bunch of attention just because it was a genuine post. Sure. I think a conversation that a lot of bands need to have with themselves is like, well, what you're putting out is just not that interesting. So people aren't engaging with it. It's not the fact that like Facebook's trying to, hold you down and make you give them money. It's just like, okay, maybe your music isn't that good. Maybe nobody cares that you're playing a show because you played a show last weekend. Maybe nobody cares about your album that came out because you've been posting about it for the past fucking two months and 
people don't care anymore. Right. Yeah. It's like, are you boring or is the internet holding you down? I think a lot of times bands are maybe just boring. Yeah. Yeah. People think they're not getting a fair chance because of algorithms and things like that. And I I mean, that's a small part of it for sure. It is. but But I could tell you this one day randomly, I think, I don't know who did it in Greylocker. It was probably Colt, but Colt just temporarily changed our profile picture to a picture of a gray walker, like a gray walking <laughs> walker. That was probably Colt. And that it got like Colt. 250 likes you, Colt. out yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> like people saw it and we didn't pay for that. Like, you know, it was just a thing that we changed and people thought it was funny. So they gravitated towards it. That's, and that's fine. That is great. Cause it's that's, something different. And yeah. people, it's like learning how to use social media and just be like, to connect with people and just kind of give them something to engage with versus like, Oh, we're playing a show next weekend at the craft house. It's like, you're in a band. You're supposed to play shows. I don't give a shit either. I'm going to yeah. come or I'm not going to come. That's a, yeah. that's one other thing that Monty like does yes. really well in the band is he does all the designs and like all of the posts that you'll see with images and whatnot. Like that's all him throwing that together. And, and it's, it's great to have that kind of content because it's, it does keep people interested in maybe not even the band, just like, oh my God, that's a really cool... It's like you need to be two different things. It's like almost the fact that you make music is completely irrelevant to like like who you are as like a social media contributor. It's like you need to be two different things. It is, yeah. That's unfortunate. And I bring this up a lot. (laughs) It's... um, so I apologize to anybody that listens to this show a lot, but I still think this is a very valid point. You know, we all spent, you know a decade, two decades, like a long time, like learning music, playing music, playing shows, just being the best musicians that we could possibly be. And then all of a sudden we get smacked in the face like, oh, you also have to be a business consultant. You have to be your own manager and right. be all these things. And we didn't go to technical school for these things. You know, we don't know anything about this. All of a sudden we have to be fucking marketing experts. I don't have another 10 years to put into learning how to do this. This is yeah, a nightmare. Exactly. Also, but well, you, you don't want to go to school and drop a crap ton of money on learning I mean, how to be a marketing business. As in like a, like a hypothetical school. Yeah, hypothetical. I mean, I taught myself how to do everything that I do. I just don't and, have another. Yes. But that's yeah. the, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like you're, it's art. And it's art. how are you going to, how are you going to market? I don't, I, that just, that just doesn't make sense. Like, how do you market like a painting? Like, you know, like, oh, I got to, do a giant piece downtown on a building so everyone sees my name. Like, okay, now who do I have to contact to get to that point? Like, I, I don't know. And it's kind of the same or, idea. Or you music. just go out and you fucking put that piece of art on a building. You don't ask anybody permission to do it. <laughs> That's one people way go, to do it. People go, who did that? And be like, well, it was, it was Jake. And they're like, oh. And maybe you go to jail for painting on a building, <laughs> but you sell a shit ton of art yeah, because yeah. you did. The only yeah, thing five years can... later, you're Shepard Fairy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's... But, Coming like back to the music thing is like how do you do that? How do you, how do you figure out the route that you want to be on or the end goal? You, have, you have point A, you have a band. And point B is like okay, what this is what you're doing for a living. So, what's the route to get there? There's quite no, honestly, like I still feel and and maybe I'm completely wrong on this. And if so, then you know let me know. But like I said before, I want to get us out outside of the city and grind and hustle yeah. and we're probably going to have some shows that really fucking suck. But if there's one or two people at those shows that, that love what we do, dude, that's a win. Yeah. That's I mean, a win. Honestly, like if you have a shitty show at a venue, that's awesome. 
run by cool people, that's a win. Dude, mm-hmm. that's a win too. If you can yeah. learn to, you know, if, if, if you, you if talk you, to the people that run the venue and they're cool and they want to have you back, that's a win. Or yeah. a promoter that's super cool or bands that are cool or people that is cool. Like, I've, I've run across it where, and this is like an old band I was in, um, and we, you know, we played a legit venue. There was no one there. There was maybe like maybe five people. But the sound guy and the owner of the venue, they're all like, you guys are fucking amazing. We want to get you back here. And, you know, the next show that we have there, there was three times as many people. And that's because they really liked what we did. And that, and they put in effort. Because like at first it was like, oh, yeah, we'll throw you on the show. We'll have you open up for, you know, such and such local band. And the local band didn't Doug do any... Funnies. Yeah, Doug and the Funnies. And Doug and the Funnies didn't do any, you know, they didn't do any promotion at all because they, you know, just that, didn't want to do is it. Is that really the band's name? No. No. That's <laughs> a good band name, though. But you know what I'm saying? Like, those things can happen. Where yeah. It's like they bring you back and they're like, oh, I really like this band, so I'm going to put in personal effort to try to get people out here because I want more people to see that band. You know? And kind of like Jeremy at the Jude and the Lion show. He's a fan of ours. He's friend, a friend as well. You know, Nate and I used to play in a band of them. And so he hooked us up and very cool experience. And no, no right or wrong way to do anything when it comes to this. No. Kind of stuff. I, I, my, I guess what I'm coming down, what I'm trying to say is like just grind and hustle. That's, that's personally what we need to do. And another valuable thing about it. playing out of town is you really find out how good you are when you're in a room of complete strangers. Yes. Mm-hmm. The promoter doesn't know yep. who you are. The venues don't know who you are. The people there don't know who you are. You're just a band. So like, how does your music hold up? It's not so much like there's no sympathy. There's no like, oh, well, like I don't dig this, but like Monty's a good dude. We've worked together forever. You know, yeah. like a coworker or somebody comes out. There's no like sympathy or pity. You right. know, it's yeah. very like either this band is good or they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's super crucial to have those experiences. And just like, I don't know, learning how just playing, I, I just love playing different stages, especially with Sykes, because it's like, it's always a wild card because we have such yes. a specific, such specific requirements that are very rarely ever met. So it's just like learning how to adapt in every situation to be able to still play. I yeah. honestly don't know how you do it because I have an acoustic and electric guitar that like I'm supposed to bring to everything. And like, sometimes it's like, screw it. I'm just playing electric tonight. It'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll be fine. But like, I can't imagine sitting like setting up everything that you guys have and like That's why everything so works. I don't play drums anymore. I like lug all <laughs> yeah, <that>. right. yeah. <laughs> it's it's a pain in the ass to drag. Yeah, around. yeah. I'm always trying to figure out ways to make some make things less complicated, but I somehow make it more complicated by doing so. Because now you have like multiple yeah. ways to do things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it it doesn't it. it Nothing helps, but to, to, most good things aren't supposed to be easy, right? I don't know. No, but to 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 that, like, it is a little more streamlined now. It, 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 it is. It definitely it, it's is. Better, it's better than it, than it was, but uh, and 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 we all help out the tear down yeah. the screen and tear down like the 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 drummer, which is our our Mackies. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we we all chip in, whereas before it was like I tear down my stuff and take it out the car and be like, all right. And you'd be like, no, I got, I got the rest of it. I'm like, you sure, man? But to uh, to note again on like the playing outside uh, different places with strangers and whatnot, uh, I would say like you definitely always bring your A game as a as a musician. Like if you know you're playing out of town, you're always like, I'm good to go. Uh-huh. I got this. And then like that's a good feeling when you get off stage and you know you did a good job. Yeah. 
and then the extra would be having people coming over and I kind of like the challenge. Yeah. Me too. You know, it's, you it's know, like the playing like the Super Bowl or something like yeah, that. It's you, like you've you been working I, all year for it. What, <laughs> yeah. what, I, what I really look forward to and sometimes I miss is like, and actually before that Judah show, we were standing side stage and he's like, you nervous? And I was like, not really, man. I mean, I had like some like little bit of nervous butterflies and like once I stepped on, like those were there and I was like, oh, I fucking miss this. Like I never feel this anymore. And it used to be like almost every show I played was like, okay, don't fuck up, you know, don't, Hey, you're good. Kind of like getting that Zen place mentally. And as soon as we got through the first song, I was like, I'm good. I have an easier time playing in front of like large crowds than I do small crowds. Yeah. I can't. I agree with you. Okay. I can't I stand to play a small room. I guess I can room. see that. I can, like, I can the, see that. Yeah, the, the social pressure of playing a small room, it's all, it, it almost feels heavier because if you're in a room with 100, 200, 300 people, it's like, okay, they're coming. Everybody that came there came for a show and they have a show. So now all you have to do is play. I'm not worried about playing. But the extra emotional weight of playing a show where there's only 10 fucking people in the room where I guarantee you at least half those people are only there because they got dragged there. So they don't even want to fucking be there. So now you have this like emotional responsibility to like do the best for the five people that bothered to show up. And then you also want to make sure that the people that they drug with them have a good time too. Right. And like, I'm an entertainer. I want to entertain. I want everybody to have a good time. So like the weight of that. And it's also, it's so much more intimate. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like we're like literally all in bed together. Like we're all under these sheets and we need to have this really intimate experience. It's a small room. There's only 10 of us. Like I can literally see the scowl on your face versus like a room with hundreds of people and you're already like so far from the stage where it's just like a sea of just whatever. Right. Yeah, it's like yeah. making that eye contact with like the, you know, limited people in, in much, the room. Much yeah. like the way that, okay, real quick. The camera is going to die. That's totally fine. Uh -huh. If you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, I apologize, but we're going to keep talking. For those that are on Spotify or iTunes or Google or whatever, you're good. Don't worry about it. But you should watch on YouTube or Facebook because it's cool. Video is neat. Anyways, much <laughs> like Northern Gold, Sykes and the New Violence benefits from having a bigger stage or Greywalker as well. It's yeah. like right. we write music for Big rooms. So typically when you're playing a small show in a smaller room with a smaller crowd, it's like the audio isn't even coming across the way that it should because of the limitations of the space. And that's another thing that I get in my head about, which is like, I was listening to this thing recently. Um, so shout outs to Talib Kweli, rapper. People know him. He has a podcast Love now him. that's really Does good. Really? Yes, it's oh, awesome. Dude, I'm have to check that and out. he had Murs on his podcast and Murs was talking about being a creative and how like when you're a super creative person, you can always think about these ideas for writing songs and all these great things. And you paint these great pictures in your mind. And he brought up something that I never thought about, but I totally do it being so creative that you can also paint the worst possible scenario in your head hmm. all the time. Very and true. like your creativity working against you to always think about the worst possible things. And that happens so much with me especially when I'm in a situation like that. Yeah, I yes. get very, uh, oh man, I get so in my head when like things aren't working properly, like at when I'm setting up or something like that at a show and it like, it'll yeah. affect me and pretty it's badly. Like, it's because like you, your creativity is so strong that you have the ability to think about the most 
impossible situations, but it still seems so real in your head. But how many of those negative situations have actually come true? Not many. Exactly. Not many. <laughs> I've, I've, only, I've only played two shows where I've been like called out on stage from the audience. Awkwardly enough, they were both at the Irish Center. Oh, man. <laughs> one. Boy. One was one of the 412 Fests. Shout out to shout out shout out to little Chase, uh, which oh, uh, you, you remember that yep. in those days. Yep. Yes, I do. I remember I was playing one of the 412 Fests and there was somebody like heckling me during my set. I don't know who it was. Shit. Granted, I was a much different performer at the time, but like still the same. I didn't have it a was band. Me. I, it could have been you. <laughs> it could have been. I don't know. Uh, I didn't have uh, I didn't have a band at the time. And I was like, I was finding myself, you know what I mean? I was like making beats. I didn't understand. Like I was trying to do stuff that was heavier. Jake actually played guitar on some of my early tracks. I miss doing that like, Be before. I know you have a band now, but please let me, uh, let me get in. We did a series of really fun cover songs yes, together as well too. I remember that. That uh, I have been kind of wiped from the internet, but if uh, you know, <laughs> us, probably, back, man. No, it's, back. it's for the best. They're, reasonable. <laughs> they're, they're relatively embarrassing, but it was fine. Shown to uh, me at least. Yeah. The, the most amount I will, I will say our, our cover of lady, Gaga's bad romance that we did together was like my most viewed YouTube thing ever. That was a good one. That was, I that was that probably one. the best of the three that we did. Yeah. No, let's do let, let's do something else. Let's yeah. Do it again. I don't care. Anything. Yeah, we could do something. I'm down. Let's get weird. I'd be into yeah. it. What the fuck was I talking? Oh, and then the second Sorry. time was when uh, I opened up for a very young Mac Miller at the Irish Center. Wow. Um, yeah, I remember I, that. I opened up for Mac Miller at the Irish Center. I've played with Wiz Khalifa twice. Once was at the Irish Center and once was at Matrix in Station Square. Wow, Matrix. Um, those were very early Sykes days. Um, awkward, funny enough, the Wiz Khalifa show when I played with him at the Irish Center, it was probably one of the most well-received shows that I ever had. I sold a ton of stuff. Everybody there was really nice. We had a really, I, I had a really good set. The Mac Miller show was probably the worst show that I ever played. That's really weird. Which because, is really surprising, right? Yeah, because, well, his music is like... Like the beats and stuff that he has is is just not your typical like hip hop thing. And the yeah. same same goes well, for you. You know what happened? I will say this: what happened with the Mac Miller show? So I had my buddy Amuck, aka Ryan, who some people might know, is another MC in the city who isn't super active right now. He has like three kids, a good job, awesome wife. He's doing a lot of stuff. He still does music, but he just doesn't play out a, a whole lot. He was my hype man for that show. Mm. And people started kind of like, they were being brats in the crowd. And he's the type of person that's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> so basically on my behalf, he was being like, fuck you. And started like making it worse. And yeah. I would never do that. I would just play the fucking song. My thing is if somebody's not digging what you're doing, just do the set the best that you can. And either they get it or they don't. But isn't he was he, like heckling back. Isn't he ripped too? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. He's jacked. I actually talked to him once about like lifting, and I was oh, like, yeah, dude, what, super what do you jacked. like? What do you eat? Because like, I mean, I work out, but like, I am not shredded. Like, he was like, it was basically like, I eat chicken, and I eat, I eat vegetables, and, and 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 that's it. I'm like, oh, okay, that'll do it. Cool. <laughs> I, that that sounds really boring, but pizza. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, those two shows, those 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 are the the only times. The Mac Miller one was the worst. 
Oof. For sure. But I think that a big part of that was because Ryan heckled back. Yeah. But yeah, that would probably do it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I totally get it. It's like yeah, I was in, uh, I mean, fuck, the Irish Center is basically Squirrel Hill. So you're in, it's like a hometown, home neighborhood show. All the kids that are going there aren't there to fucking see me. But I'm going to play the best 20 minutes that I possibly can. Yeah. But yeah, he was heckling back and whatever. That was fine. I don't know. <laughs> the Irish Center. Hip hop is I, weird. It is. Yeah. The, 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 the world of hip hop is weird. Have you ever done any open mics? Mm-mm. No. You should try maybe, to do maybe, that. Maybe, maybe, maybe once or twice. I'm not going to say I've never done them, but I don't, I don't think. So I stumbled across this open mic down at Spirit in Lawrenceville, and it's like the third or fourth Wednesday. Is that uh, the jam night? It's 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 an open mic, but they have a backing band, and the backing mm-hmm. band is phenomenal. And it was mainly like hip hop acts and stuff. There was you know a couple of people that wrote their own songs that would come up and like play them on the phones for the band like real quick, and then the band's like got it, and they would just jam yeah. it. Yeah, nice. You should try to do something like that. That sounds cool. It's a lot of fun. I think if, you know. I'll I'll tell you this. If you're ever doing any open mics, let me know. Yeah, we can figure something out. We can go down. Yeah. We can get them to learn Bad Romance and we can play our cover. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'll take my acoustic and we'll do an acoustic cover of it. Yeah. That's so fucking funny. So, um, again, wrapping things up, we already talked about where people can find you. Is there anything on the horizon for the rest of the year? Any shows or anything to promote? Um, we're working on a few things. I would say just definitely add us on Facebook and Instagram if you're interested in following us. Um, we're working on some new music. We're uh, recording um, with a buddy of ours just to try some things out. Um, so yeah, I would say that's pretty much it. Nice. I just want to, I feel like we didn't do it proper, but I'd like to give a shout out to Matt Berry and say thank you. Thank you, Matt. Um, the record turned out great. And a lot of that is due to him just working with us. And it took us a year to mix it. Yeah, <laughs> I no, feel so bad. <laughs> no, Matt Mary's a rare soul in the terms of like, there. there's plenty of studios in the city. There's plenty of producers, plenty of engineers, but there aren't many people that have like the passion for music that he does or the ear that he does. And I think it's awesome because like, he doesn't want to put his name on anything that's trash. And if you're going in there and recording with him, and like you're bringing trash, like he'll do whatever he can to make it as good as it can be. But without like sacrificing integrity, like he understands the way different styles of music are. And it's not going to be like, he's going to try to turn you <laughs> battery exhausted. Okay. Anyways, the camera's finally dead, uh, but he will do his best to just put out the best possible product that he can. Cause he really cares about music and, yeah. Out of, I mean, I'm somebody that I record most of my own stuff, mm-hmm. but he's the only other person that I've ever met that I felt comfortable enough to work with in the studio. Yeah, he, him uh, and Sid, my new friend Sid Riggs. Shout out to Sid. Yeah, Sid's done. I mean, I heard some of the stuff he did with Gray Walker, and it sounds awesome. Yeah, he's another um, awesome dude. Yeah, like I would say from, from my personal perspective, like Matt fucking nailed the bass tone for searching. Yeah, he, like I mean, it he, was, nailed, he nailed everything. Yeah. He got he he did a really great job just. Yeah, figuring I, I out what we wanted, I think. Yeah. Just going in there, I had some demos that we tracked at the at home, and uh, I think that having that was helpful for him, probably. But um, he was able to take what we what we brought and just like 
make it 20 times better. And yeah. that, uh, that's a good look and, and adding to it. I mean, you know, he's like, I know you got this going here, but we're going to do this instead. We're just going to try it. If you don't like it, we can take it out. And like he was willing to do that kind of thing. And sometimes you get places and they're like, oh, I'm so set in my ways. This is what we're doing. I he, don't care. He was willing to experiment on some things. Yeah. You know, like I mentioned earlier with like using like the, the, the pog on like, you know, certain parts and, and just giving some input to like, Hey, cause I would have a bait, like I said earlier, like base parts that were a little more complicated, not super complicated, be like, no, you should just do this. Let's try it this way. And he, then, then we'd A, B it and be like, yeah. He's just, he's you know, really, it's, it's, it's a, he's a good engineer. Well, I wouldn't even say good. He'd say, I would say he's a great engineer, great producer. Yeah. So, he's great to work with. If yeah. you're, if your band is looking to record anywhere, check him out. Check our record out to, you know, compare it to things. He's yeah. done so many different genres, though, that he can kind of figure it out. So, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we, we recorded with him with Grey Walker. I've recorded with him with Sykes. Um, and, you know, he's done a bunch of stuff. Uh, so, Matt's a good dude. Mm-hmm. He is. I like the dude a lot. And uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, bef- before we go, I just want to say, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. <laughs> hi, Evan. Oh, nice. Hi, Amy. Hi, Sarah, Chase, Archer, and yeah, whoever else. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. <laughs> hi, Mom. Hi, uh, Stepdad Bill. Hi, Allison. Uh, that, that's really it. Hi, Justin. Hi, Monty. Uh, excellent! And, excellent. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm going I'm to do that selfless plug. Hey, if you go and listen to us and you want to book a show with us somewhere, please do. Like, get at us. You know, we, we'd love to play anywhere. And Brian, thank you, man. Yes, Brian, I love you. Thank you so much, man. For me, I really appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming by. Long overdue, but all things considered, it's probably better that we waited until now because I feel like we're in a good place to talk yeah. now. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that. Um, what do I do? How does this work? Outro. And that is all, go. folks. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm staring at a camera that is dead, but fuck it. Lonnie, Jake, Justin, three-fifths of Northern Gold. Shout-outs to Nate and Mike, who are not here. I will say this. Of everybody <laughs> that is not here, definitely not surprised that it's Nate and Justin. And <laughs> hey, Nate and Mike. <laughs> or Nate and Mike, I'm sorry. Oh, fuck. I'm here. Nate and Mike, I fucked up. <laughs> Better edit. I'm that. excited. I'm not gonna edit that Dude, because it's important to let no, people know your it. flaws. It's great. I'm, not, I'm a I'm a fucking mess. Open book. I'll be back again next week. Too much. <laughs> I'll be back again in a few days with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Woo woo! Thanks for listening. And then we get that slow fade on that beat. Oh, nice. Oh. And then we're done. That's sexy. <laughs> Good, because I have to pee so effing. Oh, bad. shit.